0: It's late to Roy. This is for the. A three wins the series. It's Lillard. He got the shut off. Lillard. Yeah! to the Backyard Blazers podcast. I'm your host, Connor Scott, and sitting to the left, right, and in front of me, respectively, is Kyle George, Tyler Baggins, Sauce, and Tom Gilkey. Together, we are the Backyard Blazers. And before we dive into the restart of the NBA season, and most importantly, the Trailblazers' latest action, Tom... I received an envelope in the mail full of random seeds. Do you have any information on that?
1: Yes. State agriculture officials are urging residents not to plant seeds which were mailed by pouches featuring Chinese characters. Officials in at least 27 states are urging residents to report any unsolicited packages you receive. Uh, There has been an update that uh, among the plant species, botanists have identified so far (laughs) as cabbage, hibiscus, lavender, mint, and some other herb and weed species. They're mm. urging you not to plant these. Uh, while not dangerous, they are invasive,
2: and they're asking that you report them to your local mm. officials. Right. Oh, Ty,
3: Ty, you're the farmer
0: over yes. here. I mean, embrace yeah.
2: debate. Uh, if you tell me not to do something, I'm doing it first of all. And when it comes to getting random seeds, w- that
0: could be a magic beanstalk. That's bro. like the jackpot for you,
3: Ty. <laughs> I, <laughs> was gonna
0: say, I was just going good... to ho- say. Go ahead.
3: I was just going to say. I was hoping they're like some chili lion sunflower
2: seeds. <laughs> you
0: know, <like> <laughs> you go ahead and throw those things in your mouth. No, I, I was going to say, if I received an envelope with random characters on it, and it was just full of seeds, my first instinct would not be to, let's throw this in the ground and see what happens, like in my garden or whatever. I wish uh-huh. I had a garden. I don't. What I'm a savage move but... by
2: China. Just sending us over some seeds is probably just going to cross-pollinate and ruin
0: all of our vegetables for eternity. Is this, is this a, Tom, is this a response maybe to the rumor that Trump might cancel TikTok? That is this is the oh. Chinese government's response it's to TikTok mess with his head. Mm. Mm. That is true, but uh, like they're saying here, although
1: the risk is low for a nefarious outcome, introducing an exotic <laughs> species in the United States uh, can lead to, let's see here, uh, oh. lead to troublesome, problematic weeds and diseases. What, is, this what, like where,
3: is this like the shit that you deal with like when you, fly to, when you fly to Hawaii and you always get that bullshit pamphlet that they hand you and they're like, are you traveling
2: with uh, these plants? It is. Or it's like the same thing. Right? It is
0: similar when you have to check like your fruit through the customs, the yeah, ad yeah. customs. I'll, also, where
2: are we sending these back? Like, who's taking control of all
0: these seeds? Like, uh, yeah. get a, how do we know the big Con-
1: o- contact your state official, please?
0: Who who, who, uh, who Kate Brown, our state official. Your state official. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, what does that even mean? He said it. Our state official. Just Dude, figure it out yourself. That's all tired. I have. Yeah. I'll
1: keep you guys updated as I get more. All news. Right, awesome. All right, well. Speaking
0: of crazy shit, uh, in other news. SpaceX had a successful landing today in Ooh. the Gulf of Mexico, apparently. Yes. Both astronauts, whose name I don't have in front of me right uh-huh. now, uh, made it back after spending two months on the space station. I'm sure most of us remember when uh, they launched in late June, I believe. Okay. Pretty wild. What, okay. what are our thoughts? I mean, we're all pretty young, haven't been through a lot of space travel, and our lives are like big <laughs> moments for the USA in terms of space travel, I should say. Uh-huh. Uh, zero actual space <laughs> travel as well, just to clarify. Um, haven't been to space. Not yet. Uh, looking forward to going, though. Anyway, what do we think about this, Kyle? I know when I first saw, especially the launch, I was perplexed, like seeing it, people actually being... Catapulted basically into outer space yeah, is something nuts. my mind could not really wrap around.
3: No, it's 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 actually pretty insane because a lot of people don't realize that. Yet, while there may have been space travel going on when we were younger, it was all in the shuttles. So those are able to like take off and land on the on their own, uh-huh. like. The, these rockets that they get launched to, like SpaceX, like those things, like go away. Like they, it has to be successful. There's like really no other. There's only a plan A kind of thing. Uh-huh. And like th- I, I read that this was the first splashdown landing, which means like astronauts actually landing in the ocean uh-huh. and like being parachuted down since like 1975. So like I feel like a lot of people weren't as worried as we probably should have been because like a lot of things can go wrong in that kind of uh-huh. shit. So it's like pretty incredible. Okay,
2: a couple questions. What which space station are we going to? Like, is this Elon Musk's like, space station? Or is it the International it, Space there's Station? There's an
3: International Space Station. It's like a giant, think of it as like a giant okay. satellite that you can go live in. Okay, on, another question.
2: How the fuck do we build a st- space station? Like in space and get it up there. Do, yeah. you, do
3: you rocket that up there? No, they no they built it. I think they rocketed like parts up to, like in the shuttles. They like, and then they welded stuff and they, up... and, they, and they yeah they built it up there. That sure. is
0: incredible. I yeah. think that's what they've been doing. You know how Kyle was mentioning shuttles going up there and automatically uh-huh. doing whatever mission they had. I think most of the missions were sending materials to keep working on the space station. Is how I yeah, it's like the it t- Hubble telescope.
3: Up. Like you read about people like they go up and do repairs on that. You uh-huh. know? It's like that kind of I
1: don't space, know. bro.
0: Is that Tesla still up there? It's
1: floating somewhere. Because if dude. they send yeah. another one up, I think that's how I'd like to go up, is in a Tesla. <laughs> yeah, I agree.
0: I always picture the uh, the scene in Armageddon when they connect to the space station and meet the Russian guy that's been living up there by himself for like, like. A year straight. And so when he sees people for the first time, he's just societally all thrown uh-huh. off. And it's, I love that movie. It makes me tear up every day. It's a good time. one. A good Speaking one. of some of our favorite movies, uh, that brings up another topic I wanted to cover pre Blazers here. Um, that is your favorite sports movie. I just, the other day, was talking to someone on the golf course about Kevin Costner and how he's one of those rare actors who can make any sport look like he actually played it, <laughs> um, where most people Connor's struggle. a huge
2: Kevin Costner guy. Huge. huge he's huge so Kevin good. Costner he guy. really
0: kind of has the life I wish I had, honestly. He's just is the sports guy. Like, plays he plays every the sports sport movie guy at the highest level. <laughs> and in every movie, guess what? His team wins, and he's the best player. So yeah. it's pretty freaking awesome life. Um, but that just had me thinking what everyone's favorite sports movie is. Kyle... Looks like you might want to go first here, so I'm going to throw it over to you. Favorite sports movie?
3: Oh, I, I wasn't raising my hand to go first. I was saying you said he won, and he does lose in Tin Cup. Not spoiler alert. Um,
0: but I'm getting to Tin Cup. Thank you.
3: Uh, to make me choose one movie is kind of criminal because there are so many Just electric sports wrong. movies. I But I think for my selection, I'm going to go with Coach Carter because i've seen that movie a lot of times it kind of came out when it, when i was like really into basketball and it just kind of hit home with me you know right away i had it on my ipod touch growing up so you know that movie got watched like 200 times um samuel L. jackson at it in his prime just just oh, crushes yeah. it in that movie a young yep. channing tatum uh outstanding cast outstanding film uh, i'm going coach carter
0: that's that's a good pick too and uh one of those movies where despite kind of having a heart-wrenching ending, you still feel good walking out of the theater, I really would have loved to see the sequel or, or just an alternate ending where Richmond won instead of losing to mm-hmm. Ty Crane. Richmond. Um, Tyler, I'm going to swing it over to you here. See what I did there? Swing it over. That's yep. Connor's dad joke of the week. <laughs> um, can you lay on me your favorite sports movie? Yes, I
2: can, Connor. Thank you for asking. I'm going Miracle. And the reason I'm going Miracle is because it was the first time in my young childhood. The movie came out in 2004. I think it was probably seven or eight years old. Where I felt like major goosebumps and didn't really know like what it was about. But had that feeling of a, a sports moment coming together in the USA. Just uh, uh, getting over the hurdle of beating Canada, right? Uh, uh, Soviet Russia. Union. Soviet Union, yeah, Soviet Union. Yep. USSR. Anyway, I just remember the feeling of watching that movie and it was... Amazing.
0: I I kind of can relate to that because it was one of those movies where it was so well shot and the way they mix in real footage from the actual game yep. as well as with the actors on the ice and everything. It, it felt like all of us who weren't alive yet, obviously, got a chance to be a part of it and kind of experience the thrill of what a shocking upset that might have been like if you were, you know, cognizant or even alive at that time period. Tom, looking over at you now, what are you thinking for your favorite sports movie? Well,
1: uh, everyone loves a true underdog, and everyone loves Vince Vaughn.
0: Oh, so I'm going to go with dodgeball,
1: right. a uh, true underdog story, <laughs> where they do win the final game. It's just great. So
0: on the, on the note of dodgeball, I wasn't expecting that, I but love that. that's a phenomenal choice. Let's talk about the plausibility of Vince Vaughn actually dodging that ball with a <laughs> bandana around his eyes, Tom. <laughs> you think if I give you ten chances, and, and I... Let me change one thing. I didn't yell air goodman coming at you so you knew when I was throwing it. Do you think you could dodge that ball one out of ten times?
1: Not a I would I would get it one out of ten. I
3: I think you'd get more than that because if you really think about it, that's putting a lot on the thrower because you're assuming the thrower's gonna put
1: it in um, that spot. I, I don't miss these are professional
2: dodgeball players, and I th- my friend. I think
3: silent in
1: the stadium like that, you're gonna hear them wind up. You'll kinda know. You'll hear but, the
2: ball whistling through the air, right? He's
0: and if, about to let and go if I of had
1: Patches O'Houlihan to yeah, train me in yeah, dodgeball,
0: I'd dodge it 10 out of 10 times. All I'm saying yeah. is uh, Vince Vaughn was lucky Kevin Costner wasn't on the other side. He don't <laughs> miss. Um, speaking of Kevin Costner once again, as I often do, uh, my two favorite movies, three favorites, I have three favorites listed because, uh, like Kyle said, it's almost criminal being forced to pick one, but... 10 Cup and For Love of the Game, two of my favorites, for sure. I think For Love of the Game gets overlooked way too much because there's a really, really strong pantheon of baseball movies that are especially classic. Um, but I, I think he is electric in that movie, as well as 10 Cups, one of my favorite golf movies ever. The uh, Taken the 12 on... The 18th yeah. hole of the U.S. Open is he one of the most... Never misses
3: with a 7-iron. That's, that's a classic scene. That's a classic <laughs> yeah. scene.
0: I mean, that's what we were talking about the other day, how he goes out and wins a tournament with just a 7-iron because he wants to stick it to his caddy. Um, <laughs> yeah, Bull bold,
3: bold decision to go uh, for love of the game over Bull Durham, though, because two classic Kevin Costner baseball moves and Field of Dreams, but...
0: I agree, and I think the Bull Durham's obviously kind of the more... Uh, Popular choice, I think more people would choose Bull Durham over for Love of the Game, but I think for Love of the Game has actually better baseball in it, better baseball scenes, and John C. Wright. Was gonna say, there's no that's
3: way he throws that perfect game without John C. Wright? So oh. that's the, so they're that's really the, moving
2: the players over, getting the yeah. bunt down and hitting the ball. <laughs> they oh, Dude, the last play, <laughs> <laughs> the last
0: play is this. Oh, I don't want to blow the ending, but he throws a perfect game. I blew the ending. Um, <laughs> it's a play up the middle. The shortstop slides. On a forehand uh-huh. and grabs that th- that thing. Uh-huh. It was very realistic, and unfortunately for the Yankees, they lose that day. Uh-huh. Um, and then the last one that I'm kind of emotionally connected to, like Tyler was saying with Miracle, is the rookie with Dennis Quaid. Like that's oh, the yeah. movie I can like first remember going to a theater and being like, yep. I mean, we had to be really young. That was like 2002 probably or three somewhere yeah. in that era, and and walking out being like. I'll never forget watching this. I'll never yeah. forget watching that exact movie. Yep. And thinking it was almost like real life, I was like, that had to have really happened. <laughs>
3: also, <laughs> Kevin Costner and Dennis Quaid, both well-known DILFs in the DILF community. That's true. <laughs> so they, it's it's, it's got to be because of their sports movies. Thank, Thank you, sports you for letting movies know,
0: and know. Yeah, thanks, Kyle, our uh, DILF specialist. Um, <laughs> their sports, sports movies and jawlines, Kyle was telling me. Uh, <laughs> the last thing Go I wanted to ahead. talk about here, um, quick MLB review. A lot of us former baseball players, one of us made the mistake of playing lacrosse, Tom. Uh, <laughs> just want to dive quickly into what's been happening in the MLB. And Kyle, specifically Joe Kelly, what do you got for us?
3: Uh, it's some bullshit. That's what I got for you. Um, obviously, I'm sure everyone's up to date on the news, but Joe Kelly getting suspended eight games for allegedly throwing at Alex Bregman and Carlos Correa, I yes, believe. Yes. And missing on the, both, by the way. Missing on both. A fastball to Correa on a 3-0 count, and then... Ended up striking out Carlos Correa with a sli- or missed him with a slider and then ended up striking him out with a slider. Yep. Um, overall, I think we all are probably on the same page of, of, as far as how we feel on this and that. It's a little, it's some bullshit that he got suspended for eight games when the players have been given immunity for yep, you know, directly cheating and winning yep. a World Series. and taking it from the team uh-huh. that Joe Kelly is playing for. Yep. Um, I respect Joe Kelly and I love how he's handled the situation posting on Instagram with these kids and just photos of all of them on there and just you know calling them out calling them bitches they, they, it's, it's awesome they
2: the MLB and Rob Manfred have forced the players to enforce the unwritten rules instead of enforcing it themselves so I respect the hell out of it I hope it keeps happening and I hope it forces the MLB to make a decision uh in some sort of fashion
0: I agree completely I, th- I think it was ridiculous that Joe Kelly's being uh kind of blamed for a lot of things that the Astros should be reaping the benefits of. So, I don't know. Frustrating there, but not really surprised seeing how Manfred's reacted in the past. All right. Without further ado, let's move into some Blazer basketball. Obviously, the NBA season started on Friday, um, and the Blazers got – or started on Thursday, but the Blazers season started on Friday with a 140-135 overtime win against eighth-seeded Memphis A huge, huge win for the Blazers. Kyle, you were saying in our last podcast a must-win, so it was nice to see the Blazers pull through, especially in overtime. Dame coming in clutch, as he always does. C.J. McCollum, 33 of his own, uh, squeaks it out over Jaron Jackson and John Morant. And then today, a tough, tough loss. We're actually recording right after watching the end of this game. Uh, Blazers lose to the Celtics, 124-128. Blazers really looked pretty lackluster all the way up until the third quarter where Damian Lillard came alive. Um, helped to spark a run along with Gary Trent, Yusuf Nurkic, both starring as well. Uh, Blazers pull it tight within the fourth quarter, but late. Jalen Brown is a little too much combined with early efforts from Jason Tatum, and the Blazers dropped that one. Uh, fellas, want to talk a little bit about what, it's, what you've noticed at, through two games with the Blazers roster back intact? Obviously, I just mentioned Yusuf Nurkic there. Came out and played a monster game today with 30 points, nine rebounds, and five assists. Um, he just looks phenomenal since returning to action here in the NBA's restart in late or early August. Tyler, what have you noticed with Nurk, Zach Collins back in the lineup? Some time off, a revived roster. Initial thoughts?
2: Uh, initial thoughts. Happy to have him back. Uh, missed Nurk a ton. He brings so much to the team as a whole. Is really good at uh, moving the ball. Um, his low post ability and his touch around the rim is insane. Uh, Zach's defense is incredible. It's. Uh, We we did get in some foul trouble in both of these games. Our bigs did. But for the most part, he does a really good job at keeping his uh, arms straight up as well as being able to guard some of the smaller guys on the perimeter. I mean, he was matched up with Jason Tatum almost the whole second half. So it's great to see those guys back. Um, And what we were missing from Zach and Nurk that – I think we're missing the most was just like the dog, like the dog that Gary Trent brings and the dog that Nurk and
0: Zach brings, the toughness. I just, I missed it so much and I'm glad to see it. Kyle, what's uh, stuck out to you the most with those two back in action and kind of the rotation coach Terry Stotts has messed with in the first two games.
3: I would say um, the intangibles as far as just what they bring to the team outside of actual basketball. Like you see it with Nurk on the bench and how he's, he's becoming a little bit more of a vocal leader Uh in that sense where, you know, he's hyping guys up. Even when he fouled out against Memphis, he was still on the bench. You know, the first one out high, high fiving guys was, you know, pumping people up left and right. Mm -hmm. Love seeing that. And then with Zach, it's just the toughness on the court where Mm -hmm. he's, he's the FU kind of guy. And I, and I don't really think we had anybody like that Mm -hmm. as far as our bigs go when he was out. Mm -hmm. So it's great having them back. And then in terms of basketball, I feel like our, our offense and our defense just seems a lot more fluid with them in the lineup, especially Nurkic. It's like those pick and rolls don't sit like everything just seems to be moving it's like poetry in motion in a uh-huh. way, and I, and I, lo- I I didn't see that as much when they were out and it's good to have him back obviously for those one reasons.
2: one thing to note too is first game or first two games back for Nurk in 16 months and he's already playing like an absolute stud so give him some time to work back with the offense and defense and find his position on the floor and I think we'll see an even more improved Nurk
0: yeah and I think what we've noticed as well is not only that, those two have those intangibles, but then just their size and ability to assert a physical presence matches so well with Damian Lillard's toughness and kind of the air this team plays with on a court. I think them out of the lineup, we almost forget how significant they are, a la Wesley Matthews almost back in mm-hmm. 2011 and 12 or. with the early Dame L.A. teams, I think they bring a lot of that same swagger and belief that we're a championship contender, not just a team that's going to have to scrap Mm -hmm. um, for the eighth seed like we're doing now. That being said, uh, there's a lot of other players that contributed to what has been, I'd say, a fairly decent start for the Blazers. And so we wanted to roll out a new segment here where we name our MVP and then Gulag Player of the Week, that meaning, you know, a lot of us being COD players ourselves, Call of Duty for those not down with the lingo, um, (laughs) Warzone, often the player that's maybe not the most focused, maybe not Uh sharpened up, uh, hasn't warmed up, let's say. Uh Uh-huh goes to the gulag first yep. and has to earn their way back onto the battlefield yep. with their team. And so I want to know who was your MVP of the week and then who you're going to send to the gulag first to earn their way back to the war zone. Love Tyler, yes. you lead us off here. Uh,
2: MVP, I'm going with our with our guy Gary Trent Jr. I loved what he brought on both ends of the court. A sniper from downtown. I, I, every time he got the ball on a dish from Dame or CJ, I was like, it's knockdown. His defense, where he picks up full, full court, Love it. He's diving all over the place. I mean, 17 points against the the Grizzlies. And then against the Celtics, he also had a great game. I, what he he put up? Uh, 21, I 21. think. 21, yeah. So just a huge contributor off the bench. And one of the guys, I think he played late into the fourth against the Grizzlies. So a guy you can rely on. And
0: that's what I love to see out of Gary. And then am I going to go Gulag Player of the Week right now? No, I want to to give Kyle a chance to say his MVP first. Okay. and then And then you'll go to the Gulag Player. MVP...
3: I mean, it's it's one of the more obvious choices. I got to go Nurkic. Um, obviously, we we've already hit on it. I don't really think I need to explain my reasoning no. very much. Um, it's just good to have you it back. Enough. Yeah, we've said enough about. I'm going Nurk.
0: All righty, and then I'm going to go Damian Lillard. That's pretty easy. I just feel like we need to mention his name uh, whenever (laughs) we're talking MVP. And he earned it despite some rough shooting, I thought, the way he was able to still facilitate um, with 29 points, 9 assists, and 5 rebounds against the Grizzlies, follows that up with 30 points and 14 assists here today against the Celtics. I mean, I don't think, just like Kyle did with Nurk, I don't need to say much more about Dame. I'm just going to stick with him as our MVP probably always. And, and,
3: wait and since we didn't say much more, we got I, I wanted to throw this in, but I want to give a shout out to Mario Hazonia, because I think he played very well in those first two games. a guy that has taken a lot of heat here in Portland from the fans <laughs> in particular uh-huh. um to come out and play the minutes he did. I think he had like he played like twenty three minutes or something like that against Memphis. yeah, I felt like he wasn't as much of a of a liability as a lot of people like to um perceive him as. I uh-huh. felt like he was you know facilitating the offense well, and while he may not have done a ton as far as his statistics go, I thought he just overall played well with the team, and I think that's important, especially yeah, he, with how he, our rotation is right now. He's a
2: good example of a player who should let the game come to him because that first game against Memphis, he got wide open on a three uh, out of a, out of bounds play when he was able to take a wide open shot, kind of step into it, and get the confidence rolling. And then from there, he was kind of able to assert himself. So I love the way he
0: played as well, Kyle. I, and I think uh, with Mario, I, I can't deny that he played pretty well. The only thing I have is that whenever he's in the game... He moves so quickly. It, sometimes it looks like he's moving faster than like his, yes. his wanting to act mm-hmm. that I'm holding my breath, like uh, watching a car kind of spiraling down a hill. And it's like sometimes he's going to pull off this perfect stop and peel out. Other times it's going to look a little messier at the finish. So I agree he's played well, but at the same time, you saw his minutes decrease to 12 today, a lot of that being because of Gary Trent Jr. and Carmelo Anthony. Slim Melo, Tom, you bet on him today. He's looked pretty nice so far. Um, Clutch I, threes? I, I, that's what I wanted to ask he you about. He didn't get
1: the rebounds, but, I mean, did he make it? Of course he made it. It's Mellow, you know? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that is
0: so true. But uh, Melo's been... Having somewhat of a revelation through two games, I think the way he's been able to fit in with a lot of bigger players, Kyle, do you think a lot of that has to do with the fact he's not forced to play power forward and can kind of return to his natural position at small forward? Maybe also a reason why we saw him drop some of the poundage.
3: I would absolutely agree with that. And I think that's a lot of the reason why he's been able to have some success. And I think it's been very noticeable in the defensive end. I've noticed that he no longer, he's actually like closing guys out. As hard as he possibly can, There's no he's not giving allowing any sort of space, and I understand like every once in a while some guys have gotten around him, but at least I see the effort. At least mm-hmm. I see that it, slim Mello, like it's paying off, it's mm-hmm. paying dividends. he's a little bit quicker on his feet. Mm-hmm. It's all the things that we needed out of him coming into this bubble.
0: Yep, And when you're speaking of effort, Tyler, and then the gulag comes up, it's not usually a good combo, so no. I want to know who you're sending to the gulag this week after two games. Uh, my gulag player of the week is Hassan Whiteside
2: and it's the it's not always the worst thing and for him he was playing a majority of the minutes at our big man position the entire season without any Nurk or any Zach. So, he was having to do a lot of the paint protection on his own. Now, he's got these two guys back. He's trying to learn like when to stay on his feet, when not to, when to actually uh go for the block. Um I think he still has a lot to learn where where to be on the on the defensive end and maybe maybe moving those feet. I don't know if, he, if if it's an effort thing, but it seems like his feet are a little slow. And that could be because we played a couple young teams in Memphis and Boston. Both not very good matchups for him, honestly. Well, um, athletic wh- athlete, athletically. Man. I mean, not that Hassan isn't athletic, but quickness-wise. The the tallest guy on the Celtics starting lineup is 6'8", Daniel Tice, and then after that it goes Tatum and Brown. So I'm looking for him to still g- get into his own um, learn to trust guys like Zach Collins and Melo behind you and not always having to jump for a block, but maybe stay on your feet and get back to the basket and help. So I think he can definitely get out of the gulag. I'm looking to see him back there, out out there on the battlefield,
0: and I'm excited to see what he has next game. Kyle, I know you've uh, often been passionate hot and cold with Hassan Whiteside. Anything to add there?
3: No, I I completely agree with Tyler said, and he's also going to be my gulag player of the week. Um, the one thing that I think really stands out when I see him on the floor and Nurkic is on the bench is the difference in the team defense. When Nurk is on the floor, it seems like our defense is playing so much better together. Like as far as when we double team, um, when we switch, when, when it's with him, it doesn't feel. It looks. It doesn't look as good. I, I don't really know what the best word to describe it is, but I totally agree, Tyler. In the sense, that I do think he can get out of the gulag. We've seen him produce as far as statistics go. I would just like to see a little bit more. Um, almost like a little more pep in your step. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Like, I, I understand, like, it may look like you're playing a little lackadaisical, but that's just kind of his game. I'm not saying he is playing like that, but I would just like to maybe see a little bit more um antsiness, I don't know, in, in his play. Right. It, that's, that's a bad word, but...
0: No, no, a little more energy and a little bit more... uh Oh, man, it's on the tip of my tongue, Enthusiasm? Time, I don't there know. There we go. Let's, let's go with effort, enthusiasm. Yes. Enthusiasm. I like that. Um, Tyler, you were, you were pretty wound up at the technical foul calls that we've seen so far. Yes. Um, and it's got to do, in my opinion, with the lack of crowd noise there to cover Fair. a lot of what's yes. said. And these refs have always had somewhat of a quick whistle. I think a lot of the times uh-huh. maybe they just didn't hear things as clearly uh-huh. um, because there were a bunch of screaming fans there. Uh-huh. Can you can you explain where your uh, two technical steamy- fouls
2: in particular really got me frustrated against the Grizzlies? Um, Gary Trent Jr. had that chase down block on John ja Morant, where he then gave a little flex and screamed at himself. Yes, he was walking towards John ja Morant, who was on the ground. But guess what? It's 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 a competition, it's a game, it's a professional sport. How are you supposed to ask these guys who are making millions of dollars and out there competing and giving balls to the wall to control their emotions? Like, how are you supposed to control your emotions in a close game in overtime when he just blocks someone who's been, who's one of their best players? Like, you just can't do that. And then CJ crosses up uh, Dylan Brooks. Him, him and Dylan Brooks were chatting all game. Hits a three in his face, turns around, gives him a little three ball, maybe says something. We, I wasn't able to see it in the replay but the ref just immediate tech like you have got to let these guys play and i under a swing at someone's face or like a blatant technical foul sure but when it comes down to emotion like come on man like let the guys play these guys are they're grown men let them talk like no one in the no one can hear it they don't have any mics on the court like no one on tnt or abc is hearing it so just right. let them
0: play well, and especially when a lot of the you know what the NBA's built their popularity on is kind of the emotion of the game and and these guys being able They're to show their yeah. and and like you said earlier enthusiasm and excitement for playing basketball and I think um, Kyle I don't know how you see it but it, it feels like the refs have maybe gone a little over the top in terms of trying to clean up the game. I'm doing air quotes because I feel like at this point they're more on a power trip than maybe anything else. Like Tyler mentioned, these aren't plays where they're initiating fights or they're getting in scraps even. It's more just the normal banter you'd hear on your normal playground game. Yeah, your I pickup was just, game at 24 whatever you. you're playing. It's like... That's the same kind of talk you're going to hear from people making a lot less shots. So what do you think um, no, I, about I, the ref's quick whistle so far?
3: No, and I, I agree with both of you. I, I don't like them, and I don't think it's what the NBA has been about. So, And I think that's where it's the most frustrating, right, is these guys have been allowed to do, do these things throughout their careers. Exactly. And, and Encouraged almost. They're in a bubble, and it's yep. it's going to tighten up like that. And in in a game like that Memphis game where it was back and forth, especially at the end there, like the, one of those texts could have been a difference maker. I Luckily, I don't think it really did play out that way, uh-huh. but it was possible that it could have happened. And especially if they're not saying anything, uh-huh. that's what bothered me. I, I I don't think CJ said anything to Dylan Brooks when he got the tech. Uh-huh. He may have earlier in the game, but that's not the point. Um, and same with Zach, with him and Brandon were going at it. It's like, I don't think Zach actually said anything to him. I think he just turned and like gave him that look like, hell yeah. Like, I just scored and, on you kind of thing. It's like, that doesn't deserve a tech. It's kind of ridiculous.
2: And y- there's no way, like if they're calling little technicals like that on like a Gary Trent block where he looks at himself and, and John Murray happens to be right there. There's no way that you could be calling a tech every time. I mean, that's a, a completely opinion based uh, call and every ref has a different opinion. It's not like by the book or anything. It's not like, Oh yeah, that's for sure a tech. No, that's like, Oh, I think that's a tech call it. And, that's where it can decide a game. And like like you said, it didn't happen this time, but why not make, why not eliminate that? Like, okay, no no emotional technical fouls. Um, but I, I don't know. It's yeah, just frustrating. Another I,
3: problem too is there's no way you could ever convince me that LeBron James is getting one of those tacks. No way. He could probably do that all you. game, but someone who did it to him could like who is a lesser player. Would probably get teed up for, and that's really frustrating because I don't, I don't want that. connor smirking. I don't want any favoritism towards last any thing. superstar
0: LeBron like that. LeBron just knows where the line is. He <laughs> no, no last guy. thing. Don't la- defend. La- it. Shut up. Get out of here. La- <laughs> la- Such a last jack thing. If
2: if they're calling those technical fouls on the Blazers, Russell Westbrook has a tech every time down the fucking <laughs> court. The every single time. Every if they're not, if when we play the Rockets, things are not going to be good for my mental, bros. It is not going to be good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, you guys both deserve technicals with how fired up you're getting uh no i i I couldn't agree more i think that's well said um let's look into the next three games tyler you just mentioned that it might not be good for your mental as well hopefully the blazers can provide a little (laughs) positive energy for you it's gonna be hard on them as well though they've got the rockets nuggets and clippers coming up um, tuesday thursday and saturday of this week that's a tough three game stretch kyle i want to start with you obviously very familiar with the nuggets but the clippers and rockets two teams you know, we're familiar with Russell Westbrook. That's for sure. Dame's mm-hmm. familiar with Russell and the Rockets. You uh-huh. know, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <here>. <laughs> I'm talking about baby. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, what are your thoughts of, over these next three games and what the Blazers have in front of them? And just to remind the people of where we stand currently: uh, Memphis 0 and 2 in the NBA restart, losing a, a heartbreaker to San Antonio today. On the flip side of that coin, San Antonio 2 and 0 since the NBA's picked up action. Um, we're tied with the Portland Trail Blazers are tied with San Antonio Spurs at 21 and a half games back. That's three games back of the Memphis Grizzlies, um, who are currently 32 and 34. Kyle, thoughts on our next three games with the Rockets, Nuggets, and Clippers?
3: No, I'm with every Blazer fan. I'm a little nervous like going into these games, <laughs> yeah. um, as we should be. They're all good teams. Um, that said... Uh, or as Nurk has said, we have Damian Lillard. Yep. So no matter who we're playing, I'm always confident that we have a chance to win, and we've proven that in both of our our games. You know, come from behind games. Or, or obviously, it didn't work out against Boston, but we still came from behind, showed that we had a chance to win the game. So I think no matter who we're playing, we're gonna play to the level of our competition. And you know, again, like I said last podcast, it's for me, it's all about forward looking. So if we lose a game and Memphis loses a game you know, I can I can sleep at night. It's like we haven't lost any ground. We just got to stay within those four games. Yep. I understand, like, the teams behind us, like the Spurs are, are technically tied with us. The Kings and Pelicans are, are there. But until they are either tied with us or ahead of us, uh-huh. I don't care about them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's all about I'm looking at Memphis and us. Mm-hmm. And so if we, if we drop another game and Memphis drops their game, then, hey, we're still in a good situation. We still yep. have a chance to make the playoffs. So that's kind of the way I look at it going forward.
0: Tyler, how many of these uh... – Next three, do you think we need to win to uh, stay in contention I'd love to get two. for a playoff spot? I'd love to get two of them. Need I'd love to get three? the first two as well. If we go 0-3, are you hitting the uh, no. eject button on the season?
2: I'm not. I'm not. Uh, you just got to hope that the other teams are losing, <laughs> <laughs> that you need to lose. Um, I also want to note that after this three games, the uh, Clippers on Saturday, we also follow that with the 76ers on Sunday. So, I mean, it's a tough stretch. But the thing I, that I'm uh, encouraged about about the Blazers is I think the more games we get under our belt, the better our team is going to play. So um, so towards the end of this eight-game stretch, I think they'll play their best basketball like the last game. I think getting Nurk and Collins out there even more and more and um, getting them more comfortable with the, the team, I think we'll be playing better basketball. So let's hope that's true. Let's bring that confidence into Tuesday and
0: smash it down Russell Westbrook's throat. Have we talked about how we just got hosed with our schedule? Like what? Oh, like, like,
3: I, that actually like really drives me crazy because not only did we get hosed but the Pelicans blatantly got like the easiest schedule and uh, they're and, and it's it. like I get <laughs> yeah. it man you want Zion in the playoffs like as a fan I want Zion in the playoffs but yeah. not if it means Damian Lillard's not in the playoffs yeah. Damian Lillard is a current top 10 player fuck you ESPN for not putting him in yeah. there Zion Williamson is not so I want to see Damian Lillard I want to see a guy that has made the Western Conference Finals making the playoffs so I don't understand why they gypped us with that schedule do, because do, it was so blatantly obvious
2: do we know how they decided the schedule of these last eight games does anyone know? I have no clue. Off this I, I, I don't know. It's a goddamn conspiracy.
3: It's no, a goddamn I'm sure there conspiracy. was some sort of reasoning, and it probably had somewhat to do with what was
2: remaining on your current schedule. Mm-hmm. I would think, but I don't know for certain. Maybe making up some money, knowing the TV ratings are
0: going to be out the roof with Zion in there? Uh, Maybe, but the good news is what I've noticed through not just the Blazers games, but all these NBA games is that with the limited regular season, only playing eight matchups, each game brings that playoff intensity. I mean, we saw on Friday in the win against the Memphis Grizzlies that went to overtime with a lot of back and forth action late today against the Celtics. It was, it's not even chippiness. It's the intensity of like, everyone knows these games mean the world to a Mm -hmm. lot of these teams. And then even if it's not you know even if you're the Los Angeles Clippers or Lakers someone at the top or the even the Boston mm-hmm. Celtics today you got to get ready and get meshed because the playoffs are going to be here before you know it. So you see those teams playing with that same intensity. Mm -hmm. And like you both mentioned, I think that bodes really well for Portland because when you have a leader like Damian Lillard and then a cool customer like CJ McCollum, who's never going to let a moment speed him up. He's always going to play his game. You know, whether or not the shots are falling, I don't think CJ really gets frazzled very often. And Mm -hmm. so I like having those two leading us. And then, like we talked about in, earlier in the episode, you have the toughness and energy back with Collins and um, Nurkic on the front line. I, I really like the way things are shaping up. Yep. Um, Going to be tough against the Rockets here and the Nuggets. Uh, as we just mentioned, um, I know the Nuggets are kind of resting a couple's players like Jamal Murray and Gary Harris. So hopefully we can snag one there.
2: Yeah, please keep them rested. They, mean, they need it. I, I would I, guess I, after yeah.
0: last year, they probably don't want to see us in the playoffs again, though, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean after we well, they're the
2: two seed. If so if we make the eight, then they're on the other side anyways. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. They just want to send us against the Lakers. Yeah,
0: I, I, that's fine.
3: Yeah, that's yeah, fine. But I, I mean, wouldn't they want to play us over the Lakers?
0: That's what you'd think. but I wouldn't. (laughs) All right, let's move on as we wrap up this week's episode to Tom's topic. We started this last week where producer Tom, sitting patiently over there, uh, brings up his random topic of the week, and we just go at it for a little bit. So, Tom, what do you got for us?
1: Thanks, Con. Uh, I wanted to bring up a couple days ago, AMC and Video On Demand made a deal to where All movies are now going to Video On Demand after 17 days instead of the original 30. Are we ever going to go to a movie theater again?
0: I don't... I'll take this one off the top. Go, go. I'll be at movie theaters the day they're back open because (laughs) of a couple reasons. I love the experience of going to a theater. And like the big screen and the sound system blaring in your face, it makes the movies better. Two the popcorn. Are you kidding me? I will never sacrifice movie popcorn if yeah. I don't have to. Outside of a pandemic, then I'll sacrifice it, but otherwise, <laughs> I'm not sacrificing movie theater popcorn. It is one of those pleasures in life that's unmatched to me. Like when you see them oozing on extra fake butter on the top and then you find that special uh, you know, counter attendant that puts some in the middle too before they add in more popcorn. The, the God bless your strategy. soul and God bless the movie theater. You got to love it when the she funnels. comes up and's like I hooked you up
2: with the butter. I'm like, oh, talk dirty to me, baby. <laughs> uh, popcorn's overrated.
0: That is a ludicrous wow. thing. I'm giving you the cold. I didn't know we had a psychopath um, on the podcast. I believe I get to decide who has the
3: cold take of the week on, so you do not get to give me that. But I don't know, Tom. Like, I, I can't even remember the last time I've been to a movie theater, Demons, But You
0: I, know I, what? I can, I don't here's go... the thing. I can remember the last time I've been to a movie theater before I can remember the last time I've bought a new movie on demand. I don't ever really buy the new movies. I might rent, like, an old one oh, that I want to watch. I was going to say, you don't rent them? Okay. Well, but you can yeah. rent them, too. But, like, when they come out the 17 days after now, that just changed. They're, like, they're still 15 bucks. Yeah, I don't ever And yeah, so I've, yeah. I've never done that either. I just either. wait until
3: they're rentable. Yeah. Right. So I'm
0: saying, like, if you're going to pay $15, bucks, wouldn't you go to a movie theater more often, despite it being an easier option to buy it online? Like,
2: the experience
0: is 10 times better at a movie
2: theater. I want the option of being able to go to the movie theater, like, once a year. But...
0: I I I don't see myself buying any more movies, Tom. No, Tom. What what about yourself here? What does this change the game for you, or or are you still going to be attending the theater?
1: I think it'll it'll probably be split fifty fifty ish. And there are some of those ones where you do have to get out opening weekend or that first week, or just movies that are going to be better on the big screen. But there are a few where yeah, I like might not want to wait that full thirty <laughs> days. I'll rent
0: it. Yeah. Here's here's another thing. Like props on this deal for who was it AMC and whoever. On demand. Um, It's like props on that, but I... Wasn't that bent out of shape? Those extra thirteen days. I didn't like even know it was 30 days. Year, <laughs> yeah. I always yeah. just wait till I see it pop up, and then I then I click on it, and I'm like, oh, I don't have fifteen bucks. I'm not buying that. And then <laughs> yeah. I exit so, back out, and I watch sports again. So I it'll don't be really available
3: for rent in one week. It's like, oh, okay. I'll watch a different movie. <laughs> also, <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's yeah. only eight okay. platforms to oh, choose. Oh no, from. I'm gonna spend twenty bucks on this movie. It's like, no, I'll just wait.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's and yeah, that's the other thing. Half the time, I'm just like, I'm just gonna wait for Netflix. and be related here another month. So
3: Did you guys notice that HBO has like 800 apps now, and I'm very confused.
0: Yeah, they merged them all into, like, HBO Max, but then they haven't finished merging everything, (laughs) so everything's still split apart. Really has thrown me for a loop, too. Uh, Just trying to rewatch Sopranos for the 15th time. (laughs) Tom giving me the point there. All right. Let's end this episode with our free ad of the week. Fellas, we started this last week as well. We like to help out our local businesses or just businesses that have helped us throughout the week. Um, I'm going to start here. I stopped in at Jiffy Lube and had my oil changed. And let me tell you, it was quick, it was easy, and yes they were able to swindle me into cleaning more things that I didn't need to pay for an <laughs> extra Your $100. air filter's looking a little yeah, dirty there. Air filter, <laughs> you got it. It was dirty again, and no, I didn't replace Looks it Looks like yet. you need a new set of tires, <laughs> Yeah, car. exactly. All of a sudden, my transition was screwed up when I hadn't heard that in the X years. But uh, Jiffy Lube gets my free shout-out because I got my oil changed. Nice. nice. Go ahead, Ty. Nice. All right, I'll go. Um
2: did you guys know that staying hydrated can make the difference when crossing the finish line, preventing cramps, or even staying sharp throughout a hectic workday? Did you know? I did not. Thank you. Replace Electrolyte is a salt tablet alternative to that, that will help you stay hydrated for four to six hours before, during, and after your workout with none of the garbage you don't want. Shout out to our boy, Cooper Bruner, and his family. Go check out Replace. Get yourself some salt tablets. They work great. I don't run often, but when I do, I take one, and I never even have to drink any water. Just kidding. Make sure you drink your water. But <laughs> you don't have to bring water during the, during the run. It, it uh, keeps you hydrated. Replace. Oh. All righty. Shout out replacing Cooper Bruner and the Bruner family,
3: Kyle George. And that brings us to the Coors Light Frost Brewed Cold Take of the Week. Uh, Obviously sponsored by Coors Light, and Connor is going to get back to back. This is such Ross cold. This is obviously (laughs) coming at me. This is this is Rocky Mountain cold. Take He, he he picks for love of the game as his favorite sports movie, a movie that you know. While the baseball parts are okay, it's like maybe 15 minutes of the hour and a half movie, and the rest of it's like romance, and it's very chick flicky. It's just honestly kind of a hot take as far as your favorite sports movies go. I'm not saying it's a bad movie, but as your number one sports movie, I
0: expected better. The chemistry that Kelly Preston and <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> Kevin look Costner just display <laughs> for most of that movie is unparalleled in many other sports movies. I, I think... It's ludicrous that I've taken home the cold take two weeks in a row when Tyler's over here just spewing bullshit. And the fact that you're <laughs> ineligible when your takes have just been yeah, garbage. What is this, dude? Yeah, I, mean, I think we need to choose, stage a mutiny. Choose better on the cold sponsors. Hard pack. Choose better sponsors. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's true. You went out and got that deal for yourself. Um, Tom, hit us with your free out of the week. Yeah,
1: pushing a menu that features pork, drenched double burgers, and giant meatball banh mi, and hand cut fries. <laughs> Lardo also has beer, lots of beer. I wanted to give a shout out to Lardo. They handled the uh, COVID pretty well and updating their website for takeout, Ooh. almost forcing me to get it. But so they've good. really done a good job. So I just wanted to give them a
0: big shout out. Oh, nice. Shout out, big Lardo. out Lardo. Also, Lardo has like low key the best happy hour deal on beer. I think they're like $3 pints. At... They do. And yeah, they also, and... they did when you could go there. Yeah, uh, I guess it they was, did. It was like $3 for. A pint and a shot,
1: which was pretty sweet. So. Wow. How,
2: how do you do that? How? how? How do you?
0: You just don't upsell people like oh, a yeah. dollar per drink? So
2: they just take it down and then hope people buy it? You know how shack. much
0: it costs them to like get all that? Like 20 cents? Probably, yeah. Way <laughs> less than half of what they're selling it for. <laughs> That's how you do it. Thank you, Lardo. You don't screw people. Well, except <laughs> capitalism and stuff. Um. <laughs> <laughs> kind of what our country's about yeah, so. like, kind of. <laughs> alright with that uh, let's wrap up this episode for the Backyard Blazers Connor Scott, Tyler Baggenstoss, Kyle George and Tom Gilkey go Blazers, see you next week so go Blazers Blake to Roy. This is a three wins the series it's Lillard, he got the shut off.